0: Go ahead, and have a seat this morning. Well, uh, call by name takes a seat, and uh, remember, kids' camp is open. If you got a young one you want to take in there, go ahead. Well, we are uh, in a study on uh, on uh, First Peter, and uh, under the theme of dealing with difficult days. And uh, last week we started out and. Uh, uh, did a couple things. One is we, we recognized we all shared a commonality there, right? That we all have uh, faced one time or another some difficult days and uh, suspect we'll face some difficult days on into the future. Uh, and uh, we also did some review of the book, get a sense of, of what's going on in, in First Peter. And remember it was about uh, Christians who are facing some difficult times and persecution precisely because they were, uh, they were followers of Christ. And so... Uh, Last week, as we looked at the first part of the book, um, we came away with kind of a fundamental uh, understanding that said, hey, you know, part of dealing with difficult days is about our attitude. Did you have some good attitude this last week? I hope so. I hope you had some good attitude. You know, you just kind of had that swagger, you know. No, not arrogance, humble attitude, but but, uh, good attitude, right? Well, okay, today we've got to pick up where we left off and go from attitude uh, further into the book and trying to understand... Um, uh, what's next. And um, if we'd summarize today and say, well, if last week was all about attitude, uh, this week is all about action. That we go from attitude to action. Today, what Peter's going to talk to you about is how you live. And this is an important thing. It's important for us to recognize that when difficult days come, Peter is admonishing us and encouraging us and saying to us, listen, just because it's a difficult day, don't stop living. Live. Live as. We're going to see this over and over in the text where he says, look, live as. Because he knows when difficult days come, difficult days appear in our lives, quite often the response for us is to shut down and stop living, right? When a difficult things happens, you, you look at people and how they respond. If they don't have the right attitude toward towards it, they just kind of they kind of step back from it and they close life down. They they withdraw from experiences, they withdraw from groups, they they stop coming to worship, they don't go to the small group Bible study anymore, they just kind of withdraw from conversations, and all of a sudden you look around and say, Well, what's been going on? Where have they been? Experience that? Isn't it that the quite often the way people respond? Peter today is going to tell us. As followers of Christ, our response ought to be exactly the opposite—that we don't stop living, but instead we live. We live as. Okay, you ready to jump in the text and look at what he calls us to about action? First thing he says is, "Live as God's holy people." And I love how he starts this section with that that uh, simple and direct uh, uh, verse there in verse uh, 13. Of the first chapter so if you've got your, your Bibles and your first Peter get the first Peter 1 and get to uh, verse 13 and notice the first words he's got there be alert and think straight isn't that a great fatherly tone come on get your thinking right be alert think straight you know the idea is that you can in difficult times think crooked right I mean you're thinking you can get out of whack You're just just not thinking right. You're just not tracking in the right direction. You don't don't have your attitude in the right place, and you're just not thinking. So he's like, look, wake up. Be alert. Start, Start thinking right. Get the right attitude. That's what we talked about last week. Get the right attitude and start thinking right. And then he reminds us how we're supposed to think. Put all your hope in how kind God will be to you when Jesus Christ appears. Where do you put your hope? Well, you don't focus on the difficult days. You don't focus on all the problems. You don't focus on how hard it is. Instead, get your thinking right. Get your life straight now. Put it in the most valuable place. Think about how great and kind God is. And think about the promise He's got for you. Get your attitude in the right place. Are you with me? Now, notice the next thing He says to you. Get your attitude in the right place. His very next words. You see Him up there? Be alert, think straight, put all your hope in the God or treat you as Jesus Christ appears. The next word is behave. You've heard this word before, right? Mom and Dad? Would you just behave? Right? What listen? You know how to behave, right? Exactly? Am I the only one in the room who had parents like that? I'm sure I'm not the only one who misbehaved in the room, but right what are they talking what's he talking about? He's not talking about your attitude anymore, is he? Now he's talking about your behavior, your action. Right? What's next? Your action. You get your attitude in the right place to face the difficult days. Now the question becomes, okay, how are you going to behave? What are you going to do? How are you going to act based on this attitude if you get your attitude in the right place the next thing is to talk about how are we going to behave and his answer is behave like obedient children don't let your lives be controlled by your desires as they used to be what's the warning get your attitude in the right place now work on your behavior and don't fall back into your old behaviors don't, don't fall back into behaving the way the world wants you to behave. Listen, going out and get weight, getting wasted because you had a difficult night or a difficult day is not the answer. That's the way the world behaves. That's not the way God's people behave. Going out and, and having a relationship with another person outside of your marriage just because you got some difficulty in your marriage, that's not the way you behave. That's just not the way God's people behave. And He calls us instead to a different kind of behavior. Look at this. Always live as God's holy people should because God is the one who chose you and He is holy. What's He call us to do? Behave at a different level, doesn't He? Holy means set apart. He's saying, look, now you got your attitude right. Now you've got to make sure you behave consistent with that attitude of being God's holy person. You are set apart. You're raised up. Christ was raised up. You were set apart. You were raised up. So you need to live in holiness. Live as somebody who is set apart from the world. Don't fall backwards. Don't 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 withdraw from the experience. Don't cocoon yourself in. Go ahead and live in the face of the difficulty. Why? Because look, you've got a hope that's greater than this difficulty. You know God is better than this experience. You know, God's still got something in store for you. So go ahead and live. Live the way God wants you to live as his children. You with me? Next thing. He says, now, you got to live, but you got to live as strangers, right? So live as strangers. Um, I, I don't travel a lot. You know, I'm a farm kid from Illinois, and, you know, the world's a big place. When I went to Chicago, it was overwhelming, you know, growing up. And so uh, first time I went to uh, Niagara Falls, Uh, I went there, and uh, man, that was an eye-opening experience, because I went to Niagara Falls, I ventured over the Canadian side, I mean, really took a risk, ventured over the Canadian side, and when I was there, I was like blown away by all these languages that I heard. I mean, there was people talking all these different languages and stuff, and for the first time in my life in that experience, I felt like, A stranger, why? Because nobody was talking my language. It was just all this other stuff, and I didn't know what they were doing. What they were saying wasn't consistent with who I was. That's the image uh, Peter is giving us here. He's saying, look, the world deals with difficulties their way, but not you, because you don't belong to the world anymore. The way they do things... That's foreign to you. That, that's a strange thing now. You, you can't just do it that way because that's just foreign, strange stuff. you got to live a different way and you deal with difficulties a different way because you're God's holy people, right? Look what he says. You say that God is your father, but God doesn't have favorites. He judges all people by what they do, action, right? So you must honor God while you live as strangers here on earth you were rescued from the useless way of life that you learned from your ancestors. What is that old way of life? Useless. You see, all that stuff that the world would have you do about dealing with difficulty, like, you know, going, getting wasted, and doing all the other stuff the world does when they have problems, that's useless stuff. It's just useless. So Peter is calling us to a higher standard and saying, wait a minute. Keep living, but live as... God's chosen people. Let that stuff be foreign to you. Let it be strange to you. Let it just not add up or make sense anymore in your life. You need to live at a different level of living. And that different level is a level of holiness. That we let, in difficult days, we let God pour some of his holiness into us to raise us up. Because we know something greater uh, is in store. He, Peter would lead us this way. He, he would say, look, you got to look at that old stuff as, as useless stuff. Now, now, the world, that's the way they respond, and they value that stuff. In the next section, he kind of lifts, lifts that up. Uh, he says, next uh, slide, please. There you go. You were rescued by the precious blood of Christ, the spotless and innocent Lamb, Um Christ was chosen even before the world was created. But because of you, he did not come until these last days. And when he did come, it was to lead you to have faith in God who raised him from death and honored him in a glorious way. That's why you put your faith and your hope in God. Okay, what's he doing? Well, he talks about silver and gold. Does the world value silver and gold? Absolutely. But in this section, he says, look, the world may value silver and gold, but you were rescued by something far more precious than silver and gold. You were rescued by the blood of Jesus Christ. You were were covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And because you were rescued by something more valuable, you understand there's something more valuable being a person in the kingdom of heaven than being a person in the world. Here's the key. Ready? One of the important learnings of the day. For we Christian folks, getting through difficult times becomes possible for us Because we have a value greater waiting for us than anything that exists in the world. And if we believe that, and we know that, we can let go of anything in the world. Did you follow me? You see what sense that makes? See, most of our troubles, when difficult days come, it's because we're holding on to stuff in the world. We're holding on to stuff in the world and we want to keep our life in the world the way it is and, and keep it good and keep it, you know, prospering and all that good stuff, the world standards. The trouble is we're strangers. We're foreigners. And so we've got to be able to let the stuff of the world go because we know there's something more valuable in store for us that we can easily just kind of let that stuff go because there's something else waiting for us. We know God is greater. We know our hope is greater. We know what God has in store for our life is greater. You remember that guy Job? Good example, right? That guy Job? Remember him? I mean, he had all kinds of stuff as the world valued stuff, right? But then he lost it all. What happened? It was a question of holding on to his faith, which was more valuable than all that he had lost. Now, the cool thing in Job, remember, is by the end of the story, he gets restored all of his stuff multi-times more. But the point is, you've got to be ready to let go of what the world holds valuable because you know something else that's more valuable. What's it mean, then? The next thing Peter would have us see is that for us, then, is how do we behave? Well, if we're not in the world, we live above the world, and that calls us to let go of some things the way the world responds to difficult days. It's in the next, the next section. It is to live uh, sincere lives and to live uh, what he describes as thirsty lives. Okay. In this section, what he's going to start focusing on is how do we live then as obedient children? How do we live set apart? How do we live above? Okay. You'll notice in here there's a lot of stops and quits and don'ts. Okay. So let's look at it. Right away, he says, stop being hateful. Stop there. Stop being hateful. Do you ever notice when, when uh, in the world, behavior, that when somebody hurts you or does something bad to you, what's the world's immediate reaction? Well, get even, right? Somebody does something bad to me, I'll show them. Get even. They do something bad to you, I'm doing something bad to you, and then they say, well, I'm going to do something bad to you, and then you, do, you know the game, right? Isn't that the way the game's played? What's Peter saying? Don't play the game. You're God's obedient children. You don't need to play the game. Right? Just just stop. Stop being hateful. Quit trying to fool people and start being sincere. Quit trying to fool people. Do you ever notice when difficult days come, people put on facades? Right? Difficult days come and you you say, How you doing? They say, Great! doing great man I'm fantastic really yeah good fine great a little hungover but good fine you know what's he saying look don't don't play the game don't 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 put on facades don't pretend you know be, be, be sincere hold on to that we'll come back to minute there's another there's another don't it says uh, and don't be jealous or say say cruel things about others See, we do that all the time Difficult things come, and we say, what? Man, I can't believe those people down the road, they're the biggest jerks in the neighborhood, and look how good life is for them. And look at me. We're in difficulty. What's up with that? I wish I had. You say, look, don't go there. not That's the crooked thinking stuff, right? Just stay out of there. Don't Don't go down that path. Instead, his call is to be, what? Start being sincere. This is an important point. When difficult days come, for we Christian folks, one of the most important things we can do is be truthful, sincere, and honest with other Christians. You ever been stuck in a hole? How'd you get out of the hole? Well, you had to start grabbing onto something, right, and pulling yourself up, right? You had to grab onto something and grab onto something and grab onto something and pull yourself to get out of the hole, right? See, when we're in those difficult days, we're going to start feeling like that hole, and we need to let God bring people into our lives that we need to grab onto. We need to let God bring other Christians into our lives that we can hold on to and, and help us through this difficult experience. And, and if we approach it and say, you know, Christian brother or sister comes into our life and says, "Hey, how you doing?" and we say, "Good, fine, great, wonderful, everything's good." See what I mean? you got to let God bring those people into your life. And that comes from being sincere, being honest, and being able to, to go to other Christians and say, you know what, I'm really struggling, I could use your prayers. You know, I'm really struggling, I could really use you to just kind of help me out in some way. I mean, it's okay to ask. God brings other Christian folks into our life, the family of faith into our life, for those difficult days. Be sincere, be honest, open yourself up to the... Brothers and sisters that God's going to bring into your life. And then this is a cool one. Then he says, be like newborn babies who are thirsty for pure spiritual milk. That will help you grow and be saved. Okay, you remember the newborn baby days? Okay, you got the newborn baby. Baby's crying. Baby's crying. Why is the baby crying? Well, either something needs to get changed or hungry right? Hungry. Okay, get the image? Crying. Hungry baby. What happens when you take that bottle and you put it in there? Hungry, right? <laughs> exactly. Just kind of, whoa, everything goes away. I don't care, right? Isn't that right? You put that bottle in there and that baby doesn't care about anything in the world. It's just like, right? What's going on? This is the image Peter wants you to have. When you're in difficult days, you need to get that kind of thirsty, that kind of thirsty for spiritual milk, for spiritual growth. You need to get that kind of thirsty. Say, oh, I need more worship. I need need to be in the Word more. I need to be with other Christians more. I need to surround myself with people that can help me grow in faith. You see the difference? Look at the contrast he just gave you in these passages. Look, don't, don't do this. Don't... Don't be the hateful, foolish kind of stuff. Don't, don't, quit doing that kind of stuff. Instead, what? Instead, get sincere. Get the right people in your life that that are part of the faith family and and drink in what you can drink in. Why? Because that's going to help you grow and be saved. That's going to get you beyond the difficult day. That's going to help you grow and it's going to help you pull yourself along with God. It's going to help. It's God leading you out of the hole that you feel like you're in. And you've already found out how good the Lord really is. Here's a simple thing you can do. When a difficult day comes, difficult moment happens, you need to stop right there and just say, you know what? God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Just shout it to the difficult moment. You know, you hang up that phone, you got some bad news. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Just shout it out. Let other people hear it. It doesn't matter. Just let them know, look, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Help me out. God is good and all the time. See how easy that is? When you're in a difficult day, that's what God gives you the gift, the attitude and the knowledge that says, look, it hasn't changed who God is. It hasn't changed who God is. And the God I know is good enough to send Jesus Christ to die for me and cover my life with the most precious, more precious than silver and gold, the precious blood of His Son. You need to just live and take that in. Last step. Then you need to live. Remember, we're talking about living, not withdrawn. Living. You need to live into the problem and do good. And live as good. Okay? Live to do good and live as good. Look at the last part of the the chunk we're looking at today here. Next slide. Miracle. Dear friends, you are foreigners and strangers on this earth. We already talked about that. So I beg you not to surrender to those desires that fight against you. Ah, isn't that good? Don't give in to the difficult days. Don't let them take over your life. Don't surrender to that stuff. What? Always let others see you behaving properly. Even though they may not, they may still accuse you of doing wrong, then on the day of judgment they will honor God by telling good things that they saw you do. How important is it for us in difficult days to live the way God wants us to live? It's so important because somebody's salvation may rest upon it. you ever think about that? Somebody else's salvation may rest upon watching you deal with a difficult day. I mean, the truth of the matter is, for a Christian church, the Christian church grew more during periods of persecution than when we became a legal, easy-life Christianity. The church grew under periods of persecution. Why? Because other folks watched and they looked and they said, Man, how can you do that? I mean, I know I got silver and gold, but it doesn't compare to what you got. I want what you got. It's more valuable. The world needs. They want. They need to know God is good. They need to know that when they're facing difficult things, God is there and God is greater. They need to know that when they face a difficult time, it doesn't change the the purpose and the dream that God has for their life. They need to know that when difficult times come, they have an attitude and they can take action in, face, in the face of that and they can overcome it as they bring other Christians in their life, as they bring in more spiritual milk, as they just act in the face of the difficulty. Are you with me? You see the difference? You see, today, Peter would say, Look, don't just make it an attitude. Don't just make it an attitude. Make it an action in your life. Make it an action that acts upon what you believe that God is greater than this difficulty and Jesus Christ came to overcome this moment. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much uh, for your word today. We thank you for the promises that we have to be able to just know and believe that whatever we face, you're good all the time. You're good. We just ask now that you would continue to just cover us with the presence of Jesus in our life, just cover us with with bringing other Christians into our lives in those difficult days, and, and just feed us and help us grow, help us to become more and more, even in the most difficult times, of what you want us to be. Father, we thank you. We praise you for your goodness. We thank you for everyone in the room today. We thank you that you have a purpose for each one here, even when they face hard times. Just reveal it to them, we ask, and lead them forward to not only have a right attitude, but to act, to act and to live. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.